This is the audiobook podcast of Impromptu, Amplifying Our Humanity Through AI. It is narrated using voice technology from Microsoft Labs that has been trained on my voice. We are working on the frontier of things, and that is plainly audible. Some parts feel stunningly indistinguishable from my own reading to even me. Others don't sound very human at all. They feel way off in tone of voice, timing, cadence, etc. My philosophy has always been to launch early, even if you're truly embarrassed by your first product, and learn rather than wait until things are perfect. I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to your feedback. Chapter 7, GPT-4 and my own work. In the same way, I expect GPT-4 and similar technologies to transform the world of work, I also expect them to transform the way I work. I, I've had the opportunity to experiment with GPT-4 for a few months, and while I know I'm still on the steep part of my learning curve, I believe I have enough experience to offer some advice on how to use these tools. When transformational technologies appear, most people are tempted to plug them in as a substitute for an existing technology or technique. This seems sensible since it minimizes the time and effort needed to start using the new tech, but this approach is actually a trap Seldom is the new technology an exact analog for what came before when the internet first appeared pioneering services, like Yahoo resembled online phone books. Directories were how we found things. So the seemingly logical first step was to create an online directory. We discovered over time that the better approach was to create a new tool, the search engine, we're still at the online phone book stage of large language models. It's unlikely to be a direct replacement for search engines across many of their use cases, but it will offer people new ways to gather relevant and useful information. Here are three key principles I found useful in my own attempts to use GPT-4 in my work. Principle one, treat GPT-4 like an undergrad research assistant, not an omniscient oracle. If you've ever worked with an undergraduate research assistant, or if you were one in college, you know that a helper like that is both powerful and limited in specific ways. In some ways, GPD-4 far exceeds any human research assistant. It has access to an incredibly broad base of knowledge. It is blindingly fast, and it's available whenever you need it. It also has many of the other drawbacks of a human research assistant. It's not an expert. It's grasp of any particular subject is fairly shallow and it gets things wrong. In fact, when it's wrong, it's worse than a human research assistant since a human will often have the good sense to warn you when he or she isn't certain about the quality of their output. Despite these drawbacks, the power of giving everyone access to nearly instantaneous on-demand research help is truly remarkable. Just make sure you cross-check results with deeper sources and actual human experts. Principle two, think of yourself as a director, not a carpenter. When we work with tools, we are trained to think of them as an extension of us. A carpenter swings a hammer and gets one step closer to completing a house. He or she knows what the hammer will do each time it swings and works accordingly. This metaphor breaks down when it comes to tools like GPT-4. Rather than manipulating a physical tool to generate a predictable and planned result, using GPT-4 is like directing a scene from a movie. As the director, you're working with an actor to elicit the best performance. 
You're not telling them, bend your neck 15 degrees. And then after 2.5 seconds, look at the person across from you. Instead, you're asking them to make the audience feel a certain way. Convince us you're in love. GPT-4 isn't a human actor, but the process of directing it is similar. You have to coax out your desired result. And you may need to try many variations on a prompt in the same way. A director might need to film multiple takes of the same scene. It's ultimately a collaborative process. Principle three, just try it. In most of our work, we're taught to plan in advance and avoid making mistakes. That's because implementing a plan is costly in terms of time and other resources. There's a reason a carpenter's adage is to measure twice and cut once. But what if implementing a plan was cheaper and faster than thinking about it? That's the confounding paradox of GPT-4 and large language models. In far less time than it takes to debate a plan, GPT-4 can simply generate a complete response for you to review. If you don't like the response, you can throw it away and generate another one, or you might just generate three variations to give you more potential choices. For example, I've already adopted the practice of trying out some simple prompts Anytime I have a significant piece of work in front of me, like sitting down to write this chapter, what are some of the ways that investor, author, and philanthropist Reed Hoffman might use large language models to be faster, more efficient, and more effective at his work? Automated research, LLMs, can be used to search for and find relevant information quickly and accurately. Hoffman could use this technology to quickly locate research and data that would be useful for his investments and philanthropic efforts. Automated content creation, LLMs, can be used to create content such as articles and reports, saving Hoffman time and effort on research and writing. Automated analysis, LLMs, can be used to analyze large amounts of data quickly and accurately, allowing Hoffman to make better and faster decisions. Automated communication, LLMs, can be used to automate communication tasks such as answering emails and scheduling meetings, freeing up Hoffman's time for more important tasks. Automated investment decisions, LLMs, can be used to make investment decisions based on complex data and algorithms, allowing Hoffman to make more informed decisions quickly. As usual, I think GPT-4 provides some instant food for thought. Research and analysis is definitely a good use of GPT-4, as it literally knows most of the internet circa 2021. Its knowledge is far more comprehensive than any humans and future tools will likely be even more comprehensive. Automated content creation is interesting as a way of creating instant first drafts, but I'm skeptical of claims that it can be used without human intervention for important writing, at least for my work. I would want to review and refine any articles or reports it produced. Though this could still accelerate my throughput considerably. I'm a bit more skeptical about the remaining suggestions, like automating my communications. People email me looking for decisions and introductions, and I'm not quite ready to let the AI take over those functions just yet. As for making investment decisions, I think AI could help me make more informed investment decisions quickly by prompting thoughts and helping me consider all the potential data points. But labeling this process an automated investment decision seems like a stretch. Despite these minor objections, GPT-4 helped me tackle this chapter by generating a reasonable taxonomy of my work 
with pointers to where I might dive deeper. Since we've already spent a chapter on the transformation of work in the business world, let's focus on my work as a writer, creator, and philanthropist. How will AI transform these non-business worlds? Section one, my writing, those who follow my career closely know that I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. When I graduated from Stanford, my plan was to become a professor. I wanted to have a positive impact on society. And I thought the best way to do this was to pursue an academic career where I could think deeply and influence others with my writing. It only took a few months in graduate school to realize that in order to become a successful academic, I would need to focus so intently on a highly specialized topic that anything I wrote would be read by an audience of at best a few dozen fellow academics with little influence on the practical workings of society. So I decided that I should focus instead on business. I never wavered in my desire to think deeply about issues and influence others. As fate would have it, my business success helped create an environment in which I have been able to return to a variation on my original plan. Thanks to social media companies like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Medium, the internet has become the world's town square, except this town square can reach billions. And thanks to my success as an entrepreneur and investor, I've earned enough credibility to build an audience for my ideas through articles, books, and podcasts. Let's see if I can use GPD-4 to create a piece of Reed Hoffman writing that I think would have real-life value. Please write an essay of no less than 400 words in the style of Reed Hoffman, using specific examples of real actions taken by specific companies and entrepreneurs in the region, explaining how the core idea of blitzscaling, which is to prioritize speed over efficiency to win a valuable winner-take-most market, works differently in sub-Saharan Africa and what entrepreneurs in that region need to know to blitzscale successfully. The concept of blitzscaling is a relatively new business strategy that is being adopted by many startups and companies around the world. This strategy is based on the idea of prioritizing speed over efficiency when it comes to gaining a competitive edge in a winner-take-most market. While this strategy can be effective in many contexts, it can be particularly useful in sub-Saharan Africa, where the business climate is rapidly changing. In this region, entrepreneurs need to be aware of the unique challenges and opportunities that come with blitzscaling and understand how to implement this strategy in a way that is tailored to their specific market. One of the biggest advantages of blitzscaling for entrepreneurs in sub-Saharan Africa is the ability to quickly gain a foothold in rapidly changing markets. This region is characterized by high levels of economic volatility, making it difficult for companies to establish themselves in a short period of time. However, the blitzscaling approach enables companies to rapidly expand their market share and gain a competitive edge over slower-moving rivals. In order to successfully blitzscale, entrepreneurs in this region need to be willing to take calculated risks and move quickly. For example, Kenyan startup Mcopa Solar successfully utilized the blitzscaling approach to become a market leader in solar energy. By quickly recognizing the potential of this new technology and leveraging mobile payment platforms, Mcopa was able to rapidly scale their business and capture a significant portion of the market. In addition, the company was able to quickly adapt to changing customer needs by introducing new payment options and services. 
In addition to its advantages, blitzscaling can also present certain risks for entrepreneurs in sub-Saharan Africa. For example, many of the region's markets are marked by high levels of competition, which can make it difficult for companies to maintain their market share in the long term. Furthermore, blitzscaling can lead to a loss of focus on the customer, which can result in a lack of customer loyalty and an inability to retain customers in the long term. As such, entrepreneurs in this region must be aware of these risks and ensure that they have a plan in place to address them. In order to successfully blitzscale in sub-Saharan Africa, entrepreneurs must be willing to take calculated risks and move quickly. This means having a deep understanding of the region's markets and the competitive landscape. Furthermore, entrepreneurs should be willing to invest in the latest technologies and platforms to gain an edge over their rivals. Finally, entrepreneurs must be prepared to adjust their strategies quickly in order to respond to changing market trends and customer demands. The response takes the actual definition of blitzscaling into account, and the inclusion of the Uncopa story is a real value add, since I'd never heard of the company before. On the other hand, some of the advice is generic and unrelated to blitzscaling, like the repeated advice to invest in the latest technologies and platforms and adapting quickly to changing market trends. Let me drill down on GPT-4's value as a research assistant. Please provide no less than five specific examples of real actions taken by specific companies and entrepreneurs in sub-Saharan Africa that explain how the core idea of blitzscaling, which is to prioritize speed over efficiency to win a valuable winner-take-most market, can be applied in that region. Kenyan startup Mcopa Solar leveraged the blitzscaling approach to become a market leader in solar energy. By quickly recognizing the potential of this new technology and leveraging mobile payment platforms, Mcopa was able to rapidly scale their business and capture a significant portion of the market. South African company Naspers utilized blitzscaling to become a major player in the tech sector. Naspers was able to quickly identify emerging trends in the tech sector and invest in companies that were well-positioned to succeed. Nigerian e-commerce platform Jumia leveraged blitzscaling to capture a large share of the online retail market. By quickly adapting to changing customer needs, Jumia was able to scale their business and gain a competitive edge over their rivals. Ghanaian startup Hubtel used blitzscaling to become a leader in mobile payments. By quickly recognizing the potential of mobile payment platforms and investing heavily in the technology, Hubtel was able to capture a large portion of the market. Kenyan healthcare provider eHealth Africa utilized blitzscaling to become a major player in the health sector. By quickly adopting new technologies and leveraging existing infrastructure, eHealth Africa was able to scale their services and gain a competitive edge over their rivals. While I was aware of Naspers and Jumi, Mcopa, Hubtel, and eHealth Africa were all new to me, write an essay of no less than 200 words that explains using specific examples how the Kenyan startup Mcopa successfully applied the core ideas of blitzscaling to their business, including prioritizing speed over efficiency to win a valuable winner-take-most market. The Kenyan startup Mcopa successfully applied the core ideas of blitzscaling to their business in order to win a valuable winner-take-most market. 
The company was able to quickly recognize the potential of solar energy and leverage mobile payment platforms to rapidly scale their business and capture a significant portion of the market. MCOPA was able to quickly capitalize on the rapidly changing market dynamics in the region by introducing innovative payment plans and services. For example, the company introduced a pay-as-you-go system, which allowed customers to pay for solar energy in installments. This new system enabled customers to access solar energy at an affordable cost and enabled MCOPA to rapidly scale their business. In addition, MCOPA was able to quickly adapt to changing customer needs by introducing new payment options and services. The company was able to leverage existing infrastructure, such as mobile money platforms, to enable customers to pay for solar energy using their phones. This enabled MCOPA to capture a large share of the market, as customers preferred the convenience of mobile payments. Furthermore, MCOPA was able to leverage the latest technologies to gain a competitive edge over their rivals. For example, the company was one of the first to adopt the use of artificial intelligence to predict customer needs and improve customer service. This enabled MCOPA to anticipate customer needs and take advantage of market opportunities before their competitors. In conclusion, MCOPA was able to successfully apply the core ideas of blitz scaling in order to win a valuable winner-take-most market. The company was able to quickly recognize the potential of solar energy and leverage mobile payment platforms to rapidly scale their business. In addition, MCOPA was able to quickly adapt to changing customer needs and leverage the latest technologies to gain a competitive edge over their rivals. This is the most useful response yet, full of detail. But it still needs to be fact-checked. For example, a cursory web search failed to turn up any articles on MCOPA's use of AI in customer service. As some readers may know, I also host a podcast, Masters of Scale, about strategies that help startups grow into global brands and the mindsets of growth that keep leaders in the game. Let's see how GPT-4 might have helped me and my producers prepare for an actual Masters of Scale guest. Paul English, the co-founder of Travel Search Engine, Kayak. Prepare a list of questions for Reed Hoffman, the host of the Masters of Scale podcast, to ask his guest Paul English, the co-founder of Travel Search Engine, Kayak. These should include questions that highlight the importance of recruiting and elicit some of Paul's hard-won lessons on hiring. What was the most important lesson you learned about recruitment during your time as co-founder of Kayak? How did you keep recruiting a priority when developing Kayak? What strategies did you use to attract top talent? What do you think is the most important factor in hiring the right people? What tips do you have for other entrepreneurs on building a strong team? How did you go about creating a healthy company culture at Kayak? What methods did you use to ensure you hired the right people for the right roles? How have you seen recruiting change over the years? In what ways did you approach recruiting differently when Kayak was a startup compared to when it was an established company? What advice do you have for entrepreneurs on keeping recruiting costs in check? Nice set of questions. The fact that some are fairly generic is, okay, because the goal of these questions is to give Paul a chance to shine as a storyteller and teacher. Perhaps we can use GPT-4 to help us meet this goal in a different way. Please summarize at least three of the most famous and or interesting stories about Paul English. 
the co-founder of travel search engine Kayak and his work as an entrepreneur. Paul English co-founded Kayak in 2004, and within six years it had become the second largest travel site in the world. He famously kept the company's costs low by using open-source technology and hiring engineers who were willing to work for equity rather than a salary. English was a passionate advocate for customer experience, and he was known for personally answering customer emails himself. He was also known for his innovative approach to recruiting, which included creating an in-house incubator and relying heavily on referrals. English was a serial entrepreneur, having co-founded several other companies before Kayak, including the blogging platform, TripAdvisor. He was also known for his philanthropic efforts, having donated millions of dollars to a variety of causes. These are some good stories and they include the most famous of all, which is Paul's practice of personally handling customer service. But as we've seen earlier, you have to fact check GPT-4's assertions. Paul did not found TripAdvisor, and I believe the in-house incubator GPT-4 mentions is actually Blade. A separate incubator Paul co-founded after Kayak had been acquired by Priceline. Despite these issues, I still believe that the increased speed large language models can bring to the podcasting process will help boost our productivity. Section two, philanthropy. I believe in the core principle of Spider-Man ethics with great power comes great responsibility because my success in business has granted me power and resources. I feel a deep responsibility to use these along with my skills and experience to have a positive impact. As I have with the tech startup world, I have taken a network approach to philanthropy. My goal isn't to write checks and chisel my name onto marble buildings. It's to enable and amplify networks of people who are changing the world for the better. I believe that just as AI can amplify individual human efforts, it can also amplify network impact, accelerating the progress of many of the organizations that support. Let's look at a few examples to get a sense of how AI will transform philanthropy. Section three, Endeavor. Endeavor tries to build thriving entrepreneurial ecosystems in emerging and underserved markets around the world. It's an incredible network of by and for high-impact entrepreneurs. And I'm proud that Linda Rottenberg asked me to serve as a board member and the chairman of Endeavor Catalyst Endeavor's co-investment fund. We've affected thousands of entrepreneurs around the world. What are the ways that entrepreneurship community Endeavor Global and its portfolio companies can use large language models to more rapidly and efficiently build thriving entrepreneurial ecosystems in emerging and underserved markets around the world? Generate new ideas and strategies for advancing entrepreneurial ecosystems, LLMs, can be used to identify new opportunities, models, and strategies for accelerating the growth of local ecosystems. AI can help identify potential partnerships, sources of funding, new policy initiatives, and other resources that can be leveraged to support entrepreneurs. Generate new and innovative products and services, LLMs, can help Endeavor Global and its portfolio companies create and launch new products and services that are tailored to the needs of entrepreneurs in emerging and underserved markets. 
AI can analyze data from these markets to identify gaps in the market and recommend new products and services that can be offered to fill those gaps. Automate data analysis and reporting, LLMs, can help automate the process of collecting and analyzing data from local entrepreneurial ecosystems. This can help Endeavor Global and its portfolio companies to quickly assess the health of a given market and identify trends that can be used to inform decisions and strategies. Streamline operational processes, LLMs, can be used to streamline operational processes, such as customer onboarding, customer service, and other administrative tasks. This can help Endeavor Global and its portfolio companies to reduce costs and improve efficiency. GPT-4's suggestions seem to fall into two general categories. First, the AI can gather market data and help generate ideas. This can provide humans with rapid suggestions to stimulate their creativity and help ideation be more comprehensive by pointing out possibilities that might otherwise be overlooked. Second, AI can help automate and streamline routine operations, freeing up humans to focus on more creative tasks. For Endeavor, the latter category will likely be the most important in the near future. For example, Endeavor puts a lot of effort into supporting its companies. Endeavor staff could use AI to translate English language startup content into its entrepreneurs and native languages. Another form of support is connecting new startups with other companies in the Endeavor network. AI could instantly suggest potential customers and partners from the network, even if only a small fraction of the suggestions were useful. There's still huge value there, and it's not something you could do with Google. For all of these activities, humans will remain in the pilot's chair, but AI can be a helpful co-pilot. Eventually, we won't even comment on entrepreneurs who operate with AI. They will simply be entrepreneurs. There is an additional area GPT-4 didn't mention where AI will be a big help to entrepreneurs as a storytelling tool. Every entrepreneur needs to tell a compelling story about how their startup will produce a better future. The more real and concrete this possible future, seems to potential investors, employees, buyers, and collaborators, the more likely the startup will be to attract the capital, people, customers, and partners it needs to succeed. Previously, entrepreneurs were often limited by their skills as a writer and artist, but with tools like GPT-4 and Tome, AI can help them write and illustrate their ideas, allowing the best ideas to win. They might still want a human writer or designer to improve their presentations but starting will be much easier and faster. I'll be discussing this tension at greater length at Endeavor Catalyst in May. Section four, opportunity at work. One of the things that nearly every economist agrees upon is that one of the best economic investments that anyone can make is to earn a bachelor's degree beyond valuing college degrees. It has unfortunately become far too common to preemptively exclude anyone without a bachelor's degree from consideration of a vast range of jobs, even ones they have the skills to do well. That's not fair to millions of job seekers and harms employers who miss skilled talent. It's bad for our economy and society. The opportunity to attend fund and complete college is unevenly distributed. Geography, poverty, family obligations, conflicts between class and work schedules, and many other factors prevent many ambitious and capable people from getting a college degree. Those affected 
tend to be disproportionately from black and Hispanic communities, not to mention rural Americans and military veterans of all racial and ethnic backgrounds. Opportunity at Work addresses this unfairness and undervalued talent by providing the business case visualized skills data and tools to tear the paper ceiling. So if you can do the job, you can get the job. It helps connect networks of pathology employers with the 50% of U.S. workers who are skilled through alternative routes, abbreviated as STARS, like community college, workforce training, boot camp certificate programs, military service or learning, and frontline jobs that are low paid but are not low skilled. It also helps those routes, pathways, or programs be discovered by employers whose skilled technical workforce needs match their learner skills Let's see if AI can help opportunity at work with its important and worthy mission. How can opportunity at work leverage AI to help more technology industry employers hire more workers who lack a college degree but are skilled through alternative routes? AI can help opportunity at work by leveraging data from job postings, resumes, and other hiring materials to identify potential candidates who lack a college degree but have the skills and experience necessary for a given job. AI can then analyze the collected data to provide insights into the most desirable skills and qualifications employers are seeking in a given job, making it easier for employers to identify and source talent from alternative pathways. AI can also help employers assess the qualifications of potential candidates and make more informed hiring decisions. Additionally, AI can be used to generate job postings that are tailored to candidates from alternative routes, helping to increase their visibility and make the job search process more inclusive. I like how GPT-4's response addresses both the need to help the existing process, such as by better assessing the qualifications of potential job candidates who might not have a college degree, and the need to make structural changes, like rewriting job postings to better attract stars. I also think that AI can help the stars themselves. For example, an individual could ask GPT-4 to consider their background and prioritize a list of potential jobs by strength of fit. The AI could then help the StarCraft, a job application that maps their skills to the requirements of the job and explains why their background makes them well suited for the position. This would be especially helpful for translating from one world to another, like explaining how military service experience is relevant to a specific civilian job, or how closely the skills of an effective customer support representative map to those needed for much higher paid enterprise sales roles. Several of the not-for-profits I'm involved with have AI at their core and will be amplified by the coming wave of AI in ways both large and small. This includes the Earth Species Project, Transformations of the Human Stanford's Institute for Human-Centered AI. Even New America, a classic think tank on whose board I serve, has made AI a major area of study. AI will transform our society, so it's critical that we have a broad and diverse array of organizations and individuals working together to make this transformation as positive as possible. Section 5, Investing in AI. At this point, it should come as no surprise that AI has been a major focus of my investing activities. I predict that before the end of the decade, we will see dozens of 11-figure exits. And as an investor at Greylock Partners, I have backed many companies that use AI to power breakthrough products. 
these investments fall into two major categories. The products that amplify human work, use AI to make individual professionals more effective and productive. These include Tome is a powerful storytelling tool that can generate a visual story from the words you provide. Not only will this help anyone who has ever had to assemble a slide deck, Tome Speed will allow you to generate visual aids anytime you need to persuade. While it might be overkill to use Tome to create a presentation to explain why your office should order Mexican food for lunch, you could. Coda recognizes that so much of modern work involves shared semi-structured documents like meeting notes. Coda's templates make it easy to systematize your work and AI will make Coda documents even more powerful by doing things like automatically identifying action items within the meeting notes and alerting the responsible parties. Adept uses AI to provide a more intuitive and accessible interface for CADCAM. Even non-engineers will be able to create drawings and turn them into physical objects using mills, lays, cutting devices, and 3D printers. Now, Toe, rather than replacing human drivers, now Toe uses AI to keep them safe by recognizing and alerting them to potential hazards. The products that complement human work use AI to automate specific tasks and functions both to provide better service and to relieve humans of tedious tasks. These include Crest. When you call a customer service line, the experience is frequently unpleasant and frustrating. You have to battle a phone tree just to get a human. And when you do, it's often unsatisfying. It's even worse for the agents on the other end of the line, who are often required to follow strict scripts and prompts. Cresta wants to create a future where you never have to wait on hold. Kazeas will be able to converse, handle routine inquiries, and route challenging issues to human reps, empowered to use their judgment to help you. Neuro uses AI to control autonomous zero emissions, delivery vehicles, reducing delivery costs, making streets safer for humans, and improving the environment. Aurora founded and led by Chris Ermson, works with car and truck manufacturers to add self-driving functionality to their vehicles. Aurora technology is already helping companies like FedEx ship freight via autonomous vehicles. Even investments that aren't AI specific, like Entrepreneur First, which brings together co-founders to start new companies, will be able to leverage AI to automate and streamline routine operations. And of course, the companies that come out of Entrepreneur First will be supercharged by AI tools like Tome, Coda, and Krista. Clearly, I see AI as a transformative force in both my professional and philanthropic work. I anticipate that it will help me be more efficient, productive, and creative in a variety of ways. I also see the potential for AI to amplify the impact of the organizations I support by helping them connect with a wider audience, streamline operations, and identify new opportunities as an investor, I'm keenly aware of the potential for AI-powered companies to achieve tremendous success and as the world increasingly embraces AI. I'm positioning myself and my organizations to be at the forefront of this transformation. I hope you will do the same for you and yours.